Is one NFC North rookie going to be a fantasy stud right away? What NFC East receiver might be in for a solid comeback year with a low ADP investment? And what sleeper quarterback or FFPC drafters wrongfully fading at the moment? Or rightfully, I never know these things. Plus, Jason Hamilton, an eight-time winner of FFPC and Football Guys Leagues, will join us to talk about a former stud tight end that might be returning to greatness in 2022. The ratio of boom-bust to conservative picks on his Football Guys tournament uh, draft so far this year and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. Stick around. I'm Eric Balkman. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, coming up on tonight's show. We're going to tell you what we think you should be doing with those Baltimore Ravens running back. Seems like there's about 17 of them uh, in that backfield currently. Uh, we're going to talk about whether one NFC tight end is not being drafted high enough. And then Jason Hamilton is going to join us to talk about how he's won eight, count them, eight FFPC and Football Guys titles. His thoughts on TJ Hawkinson this year and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at Hour on Twitter, at Eric Balkman is my personal account. I also found out there's a Balkman spoof account this week. I didn't realize that at all. Um, but that's out there, at Eric Balkman. The real Eric Balkman on Twitter. Uh, you can always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. And, of course, facebook.com slash hsffhour is where to find us. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Throughout the week, we'll try to do our best to get to all the emails, the tweets, the chat room questions throughout the program, especially in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to my audio engineer and my best friend Bryce and our producer and mutual friend Rob. As a reminder... The deadline, the early bird deadline for the FFPC main event is Tuesday. You can win a million bucks in it, and you can save $100 off your first team, $500 off each additional team. Remember, starting Wednesday, those prices go up. So you want to make sure you're in by Tuesday. Make sure you get all your teams in by Tuesday so you can save the maximum amount of money this year. The Football Guys early bird promo is live as well. Remember, if you draft by July 15th and register prior to June 30th. You get a free $35 FFPC team credit into your account. We'll do that up to three times for you as well. So that's well over $100 in free teams if you want to take advantage of that. The 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament grand prize and prize pool is doubled. $125. Could you get you $200,000? The Superflex Best Ball Tournament is uh, launched as well. Uh, we did that a couple of weeks ago. That's just $35 to enter, and you can win ten grand doing that as well. Plenty of, uh, plenty of Dynasty startups going on this weekend and going forward. So if you still want to scratch that maiden itch, probably the, not the best phrase for it, but that is available at MyFFPC.com. Plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go best ball options all at MyFFPC.com. And don't forget about 
The Run to Daylight Championship, just three leagues remain in that, including one that's going off on Sunday night. So if you're winding down or maybe amping up because you get an extra day off this weekend with Memorial Day, maybe you want to take a break. Enjoy some uh, Kentucky fantasy football drafting. Of course, the Draft Master is also available there. Bring in my co-host right now, the incomparable Farrell Elliott. And Farrell, I got to tell you, I was kind of upset this week. I found out um, in my terrestrial radio show in Northeast Wisconsin a, a week or so ago that um, AJ Dillon was actually going to be popping aboard. So I had all these fantasy questions um, and I was ready to ask him that and, and get into it. And then um, because of how the Packers scheduled their OTAs this week, um, there was no guarantee he could get on during our show. So they had to tape the interview without me. So I wasn't even able to be on it. But A.J. Dillon was on my show this week. It was fun. Um, I just got to listen to it with everybody else, didn't get a chance to talk to him. And I had so many fantasy questions for him, man. Oh, man, you would have some great questions, Balky, and, and it would be entertaining to see how A.J. could come back with some responses. You know, some of the players are very, very keyed in um, to what the realities of fantasy football, family play at home play. They play it themselves. I had a client once that went in to meet with his general manager about making a team. And I asked him a bunch of questions and I said, well, didn't you ask him anything? He said, no, I was in a, I was trying to get out of the meeting. I said, why? He said, I was drafting my fantasy team on my phone. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's fantasy football rules. And uh, perhaps A.J. Dillon, it would rule in the front of his mind as we draw closer to the season. Maybe you can get him back later. Yeah, that would be good. We'll see if we can do that. I also saw this tonight, um, just to bring baseball into it. Apparently, two outfielders for the for the Reds and Giants, Tommy Pham and Jack Peterson, got into an argument during a rain delay. Uh, the game the, between the Giants and Reds was delayed because of weather, and apparently they got into it, and one of them slapped the other one. And I'm like, this is really bizarre. And apparently, it was an argument over, you guessed it, a fantasy football league that they're both in together. Mm. Really bizarre stuff. We could see suspensions from Major League Baseball because of baseball players arguing over a fantasy football league that they were both in. Uh, well, that's why it's important that organizations like the FFPC and the KFFFC uh, police the activities and demand civility amongst the players. We we have never suspended anybody for slapping another major league outfielder. No. To my knowledge, no. KFFSC hasn't done it either. These are regal, <laughs> reputable people that play. We're getting close. <laughs> or, yeah, or in the, in the ballpark, to borrow a, we, a baseball phrase. We, um, we got some guys on the fence. Let's let's talk about somebody who's we thought was going to be on the fence to greatness, and it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it happens this year. Um, that's Trevor Lawrence. What he was talking about with Christian Kirk this week, I think, was interesting. Mm -hmm. SI.com had the story. Trevor Lawrence said, from a football IQ uh, sense, I think Christian Kirk is really quarterback friendly. Now, if you remember, Christian Kirk signed the four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars as he takes his takes his talents from the desert in Arizona over to Northern Florida to play for the Jaguars. Quote. The way he sees the field, different coverages unfold, the way he runs his routes. I just think he's quarterback friendly. And then obviously his speed is something we really need, and it's going to help us out a lot. Uh, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault playing the supporting roles there in the Jacksonville receiving core. Uh, however, last year, Christian Kirk, 77 catches, 982 yards, certainly a valuable player for fantasy last year. But Farrell, what, how much of that was due to the offense and how much of that was due to Kyler Murray? Because now he gets to go to Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, 
Wide receiver 47, according to Darren Armani's FantasyMojo.com. Make sure you get a membership there. If you're playing in the FFPC, we love all the work he does. Christian Kirk at the 9-10. This is right behind Russell Gage and Garrett Wilson. It's right ahead of Chris Olave and Alan Lazard. Are people underdrafting him, or is this appropriate for what we expect for Kirk this year? It's a terrible underdrafting. You've got a player here that the team is invested in, and the speed is worthwhile. Beyond the speed that he showed, and you go back to his combine numbers, he was a low four fours guy, but uh, he also has a great deal of strength. He's a, he's a compacted physical ball player. Kind of reminds me in the potentiality of being a Steve Smith from the Carolina Panthers from years ago. What I really love about this and you can give us uh, Darren's mojo on it but the disappearance of Marvin Jones a player that last year despite all the dysfunction in uh, Jacksonville um, still caught over 70 balls and you know Marvin was a, a four or five uh, receiver uh, in drafts last year I remember him 10 11 12 round uh, draft pick for me often and he was very good early and he was very good late. And uh, when when we all needed him during the bye weeks, along with a lot of his other Jacksonville teammates, there was nothing there. But those two guys represent steals as far as I'm concerned in this draft. And Trevor Lawrence will emerge from a very rough and difficult year last year. He'll flip those numbers of touchdowns to interceptions and probably improve on them even more. I think this team has – uh, especially with Etienne coming back, the, it, this is a team that has the biggest chance to improve the most within the NFL. And fantasy managers should take advantage of that. Marvin Jones, uh, last year, wide receiver four, you said, Farrell, I mean, way later this year. In fact, in the Football Guys Players Championship over the last week, you're looking at wide receiver eight, like a wide receiver eight, wide receiver 87 right now, going at the 1809 behind Justin Ross, the undrafted rookie which say what you will about him, but then Zay Jones and then Wandale Robinson, another rookie going right after him along with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, so Marvin Jones is sort of the forgotten guy there. We'll see what happens um, in Jacksonville this year, but certainly I'm with you. I think Kirk should be going higher than he is, and we shall see how that turns out. Now let's get into my Green Bay Packers here because Adam Stenovich, the newly minted offensive coordinator in Green Bay, said rookie wide receiver Christian Watson will, quote, be a problem for opposing secondaries. Um, he's a rookie from North Dakota State who was taken by Green Bay in the second round, has looked really good in spring practices. Uh, the athletics, Matt Schneidman, who covers the team, uh, says in quote, and this is important to know, brief offseason workouts against phantom defenses. Leave that out there. Watson's already flashed the traits the Packers became enamored with. Now, to, to, um, to reiterate here, uh, Watson is a guy who is 23 years old, so not the youngest guy in the world. 43640, 38.5 inch vertical, 136 inch broad jump. He has a 97th percentile catch radius, 98th percentile speed score, and a 95th percentile burst score. Adam Stenovich, his combination of size and speed is great. He's a big guy. He can move. He's going to be a problem. Here's the key part once he figures things out. The Packers <laughs> obviously are hoping his athleticism translates sooner rather than later, obviously. But you think about Aaron Rodgers in, in this offense with rookie receivers. It was an instant with Jordy Nelson. It was an instant with James Jones. It was an instant with Devontae Adams. And quite frankly, it really was an instant with Greg Jennings either. Um, now, I will contend here that while I do, I am excited as a Packers fan for Christian Watson to see what he can do this year. And I know, you know, I, you know, I don't know what he's capable of. He could have an amazing season. 
More than likely, he probably won't. The difference to me, and this is what I keep hammering home, with, with Nelson and Jones and Adams and Jennings, while all that's true, that it took a while, you know, th- there was a situation where each one of those guys came in. There was already an established player there. Right. With Adams, there was already Jordy Nelson. You know, with, with Jordy Nelson, there's already James Jones. With James Jones, there's already Donald Driver. You know, and all these guys, um, and Greg Jennings to a certain extent as well. So he already he always had this old, reliable guy, much like what Devontae Adams was last year. He doesn't have that this year, unless you want to count Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb, and I'm not counting those guys in it. So while I do understand that it might take a little bit for Christian Watson, I also understand the Packers are in a Super Bowl window right now. They gave up two second-round picks to get this guy, and he might have to perform sooner rather than later. Wide receiver 51 in the 10th round. I'm all over that. I love the, that for the upside. Joe Del Zanero, a longtime FFPC player, always says there's no such thing as a bad pick after the 10th round. Christian Watson's in the 10th round. You can't go wrong with Watson in the 10th. I'll stake my, I'll, I'll plant my flag on Watson in the 10th for that. No, and we won't see him there for long. Get him now. Play in your uh, uh, football guys championship and, and get this player on your roster now in the 10th round because you won't get him that way in August as soon as we see him play. Now, he, you know, we, we've got some quant numbers on this guy that, that you know, as far as, some of the things you read about his uh, vertical and where his percentiles is with those things. But, uh, yes, Devontae Adams came into the league in 2014. And and so that's a lot of years ago with different expectations. Players are are better prepared to merge into the league from college now. And you say this player is a little older. Maybe we'll talk about some other players that are a little older. A lot of them are in that situation, 23 too late 23 during the season some 24 or even 25 and that has a lot to do with covid and the transfer portal and things keeping players in school um yeah this is a very good player you have reason to be excited bulky uh upside especially the separation upside of what he can do after he catches the ball and take it to the house because there's some good corners in the league but there's not really anyone fast enough to catch him and physical enough to deny him the ball and I think he's the type of guy that that will get schemed into the game plan a lot, um, oh, yeah. you know, whether it's jet sweeps or what have you. Like Watson's going to touch the ball a lot. Um, whether you know how fast he can pick up the offense, how fast he can catch up with the speed of the game, and going against you know opposing teams' best corners, maybe sometimes at certain points of the season, that remains to be seen. I'm still cautiously excited about him this yeah, year. You now, be. Uh, anytime I I, I get um, a coach talking about fantasy football, I'm always <laughs> excited. Frank Wright, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, was speaking uh, speaking at OTAs uh, on Wednesday. Quote from Frank Wright, according to Zach Kiefer on Twitter. If I was a fantasy owner, I'd consider drafting Naheem, referring to Naheem Hines. Now, Matt Ryan is the quarterback this year, as opposed to Carson Wentz, who did not like to target the running back position last year. He uh, played 17 games last year, did Hines, only 16 in 2020. Hines' targets went from 67 to 57. He caught 23 less balls for 172 fewer yards and only one touchdown last year. He finished his fantasy overalls uh, of running back 71 in half PPR games. He was number 31 the previous year. Now, with Philip Rivers at quarterback. Now, you get Matt Ryan in there. And I'm telling you, you know, our spike week's going to happen with Hines. Maybe a couple. I'm not too excited about it. But as far as, like, that safety guy with, you know, whatever happens, injuries, bye weeks hit you or whatever, to get Naheem mm-hmm. Hines at the 1204, 
as running back 48. And I know they added Philip Lindsay, but that dude doesn't do anything in the passing game. There is something to like about Naheem Hines in the 12th round here. Yes, there is. And and Coach said it right. You should consider drafting Naheem Hines. Now, I don't believe I've ever been in a fantasy draft where I did not consider drafting Naheem Hines. He's he's always there. I Right now, there's some other running backs I like around number 12 better. But uh, especially in uh, best ball tournaments and, and that format that's forthcoming in, in a variety of ways later on in the season, Himes uh, is a good player uh, for that format. So why not? Uh, why not indeed? Uh, we have Jason Hamilton um, uh, coming up in just a minute here, um, who is uh, an eight-time winner of FFPC and Football Guys Leagues. He's going to talk a little bit about his uh, Football Guys drafts this year. And he's going to talk a little bit about how he was able to win all those leagues over the last several years. The last thing we do before we get to Jason is talk a little bit about Curtis Samuel. I know, mm. try to curb your enthusiasm here. Ethan Cadeau on Twitter reports that Curtis Samuel is participating in offseason workouts and, quote, said, I feel good, I feel fast, after he had a real rough 2021 season. In fact, in five games, he only played 84 snaps his first year with the Commanders. He had hamstring injuries. He had groin injuries. Uh, he does say he's back to 100% this year. Now, I know everybody's excited about Terry McLaurin. Um, I feel like Washington's going to find a way to, to get him a, an extension before the start of the year. So he's going to be ready to go. Obviously they use their first round pick on Jahan Dotson. You would think that Curtis Samuel would probably be the number three receiver. And obviously in three receiver sets, he'd be out there in 2020. He did post over a uh, thousand yards with the Carolina Panthers. Now he's basically free in drafts. He was kind of going late in, in 2021 drafts as well. Now we move to 2022 Farrell. He is in the Sammy Watkins, Robbie Anderson, Van Jefferson, Corey Davis region of the 17th round, basically free. Are you seeing any value with Curtis Samuel that late? I haven't drafted him yet, but I think I will. I like what he's saying. He feels that his speed has come back, and he's got the protections in knowing that he is a well-paid player with a relationship with the head coach. So there's a lot of good things to look at with Curtis Samuel there. And we know uh, our friend that uh, – Claims there's no bad drafts after the 10th round. There's certainly not after the 15th round. No bad players. Curtis Samuel, you would have had to pay a lot more in years past. It's like buying that cashmere overcoat on the July 4th sale, Walkie. Go ahead and yeah. do it. Might be some cold days coming. <laughs> I love the analogies from you. We get a new great one every single week. That's perfect. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We also, get, we also get, they're all great. Trust me, they're great. They're fantastic. <laughs> Um, we uh, want to bring in, um, speaking of things that are great, want to bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's been playing fantasy football since Skip Hicks was beaten out by Stephen Davis for the lead back in Washington. Wow. Or was it the Carolina Panthers? Something we might delve into tonight. He's tried to stay with it as much as time is allowed. He's been landscaping for what feels like 25 years. And over the time, not all 25 years he's been playing fantasy football, but over the last several years with the FFPC, he's pounded out eight titles in both the FFPC and the Football Guys Players Championship. Please welcome into the program making his debut, the incomparable, another incomparable uh, player coming on the show tonight, Jason Hamilton. Jason, welcome to the show. Happy early Memorial Day to you, man. Hey, happy holiday, guys. Good to be here. We're excited Thank to have – so it's this is good that we got you on a night when you're not drafting a football guys team, right? Am I tearing you away from that? Oh, it's here, but I, I got a delay, so uh, I, can, <laughs> I can spare some time, I think. So Perfect. Yeah. That's always good to hear. Um, when you are not winning uh, FFPC leagues, you've been a big landscaper, basically, since the 90s? Yeah, yeah. Um, I got it in early, you know. It, it was 
high school, uh, um, probably actually junior high school, a little bit out in the woods doing some pruning, but, uh, it took a while. So, um, I've done golf courses, uh, sports fields, uh, for school systems. So it, um, it kept me busy and Hey, I love the outdoors. Uh, and I love the fall up here in the Northeast. The fall is awesome. If you've ever been here, if you haven't, you got to make a trip, put it on your bucket list, at least get up here sometime when the colors turn, you know, there's all kinds of resources to time it. So I'm looking for a quick trip. So I'd recommend it. Uh, but outside is where I want to be. And outside is football season in the fall. So, uh, I'm looking forward, really looking forward to this season with some of these guys. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, you, you know, tell us exactly where you are. Where, where's home? I'm in Massachusetts, uh, Lunenburg, Massachusetts. Uh, we're up near the New Hampshire border, but, uh, you know, it's part of New England. So we're out in the Northeast. I love it. So you're, you're, uh, the, the aspect of your landscaping business is, is as we move into summer months, does that move? Does that move more into caring for the lawns themselves, or are you are you basically a landscaper with bigger projects throughout the year? No, um, um, I didn't do too much uh, big contracting. That's how I got into business. Actually, I did plenty as a laborer, you know, when I started out, and uh, it was fun. A lot of hard work, you know, moving yeah. stuff around, but uh, it was fun. Um, it's a great time. entrepreneurial aspect of, of of being out in the world, and I've noticed that in in the KFFSC, a lot of our guys that are into that or a similar business do very very well with us because you have some solitary time when the world is leaving you alone. So I'm going to hit you yeah. with a question where you can share uh, some of your knowledge, and I think it's I think it's a kind of a difficult question. I'm going to give it to you the way it was worded. Um, right. as, we, as we move from dynasty to redraft, why do you think football guys drafters should try to acquire Ken Walker at the six, seven turn? And I think there's some tricky aspects of that question. And after you answer it, I'll tell you why. Okay. All right. Um, in my opinion, he's, he can do it all. It, it's going to be volume. It's opportunity and volume. First of all, uh, one of the big obstacles he will have probably is is that you know NFC West, uh, mm -hmm. but but you know you got some teams now with a couple of young quarterbacks or uh, rejuvenated quarterbacks now uh, with a little uh, stuff going on, um, and he, I, I don't, it's there for him, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's really about opportunity. Well, I think it's so there for him, and I love the opportunity so much. And Balky and I have talked about this player alone with Brees Hall, and I don't see the separation in them to be that great. And and I think that as we move, as we move towards that great uh, fall season that you're looking for, he's he's going to be going up the board. So six and seven, I think, is a bargain now. They got to run the ball, guys. They have to yeah. run the ball there, the, you know, to help that defense out because that they're not going to be throwing a bunch unless they pick someone up and make a deal. What's the percentage chance, guys, that Chris Carson makes that team? Is it less than 50% at this point with the addition of re-signing Rashad Penny and then the uh, drafting of Kenneth Walker? I don't know. Spine surgery, especially neck surgery, yeah. that scares the heck out of me. Uh, um, you know, from taking contact, I mean, and I can't trust Pete, you know, uh, really. Um, uh, you know, it's it's sunshine sometimes when it's not. So, yeah. Uh, um, 
So if he's there, uh, he'll contribute. But neither he nor Rashad Penny have proven – they haven't had a guy stay healthy in a while. Um, I mean, we're going <laughs> – I won't go too far back, but, yeah, <laughs> we, you know, a while. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I'm a little worried about the division and maybe uh, the way they call it, but he does it all. And they really – he's – he should have a, a shoe in right away and, and run away with it if he can. If, if that, you know, the defense could keep him in it while he eats time off the clock, I think uh, that's a great, a great scenario. And I think at six, seven, if he's your, you know, if you, if you wait a while, even if he's your first, but, you know, second or, or third as a third, I love him as a third. Uh, fantastic. Talk about a boom bust guy. I yeah. consider him a boom bust guy. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, it, Hudson uh, Kern Reeve in the chat room right now. He wants to know um, how good is Ken Walker in PPR versus Brees Hall. And let me just put this to you, Jason. Is the is the disparity between what you have to invest in Brees Hall to get him rather than what you have to invest in Ken Walker? Correct. Brees Hall is at the three four turn. Kenneth yeah. Walker is all the way down at the six seven turn. Are you just better off waiting on Walker because that's a better value between the two in PPR, like the FFPC and KFFSC? It's it is about value, guys, because you get you got twenty spots, and, and, and you know, and and you know, between um, what you can take up, you know, between making free agent moves, bottom line, twenty, you start ten of them. Um, so um, he, uh, I'm sorry, where were we? Right there. About with I'm, no, this is I'm just asking you from from a question from the chat. With with oh. Ken Walker going at the six seven and Bruce yeah. Hall, the two, oh, the two versus Bruce Hall, right yeah. Now. And like to, to me, that that's quite a disparity between what you have to invest in for draft capital. But when when it comes down to it, because it seems like you're pretty bullish on Ken Walker, to me it seems like you're better off waiting on Walker in the six seven turn rather than investing in Bruce Hall in the three four. Yeah, it's what you're sacrificing, I think, at at wide receiver or if you decide to go early quarterback. You know, they're both there probably. Yeah, uh, you know, a couple top guys are both there then um and wide receivers you know still pretty deep this year you know i've seen um, adams fall a little ways and i can't believe that now uh, i'm excited about vegas this year sure with uh you know i think renfro is going to have a big year too uh no but we'll see about that uh you know but it's it's uh he's not going to be the next edelman but uh you know mcdaniel's Hopefully, got you know the seasoning he needs now to to really set it loose with these guys and you know in his own gig. Yeah, second. Those second New England out. roots run deep, Bobby. Yeah. Only a they landscaper could trace them throughout <laughs> the. They, they run well, we very deep on that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the old Yankee, you know, cheap. You know, we want to get down cheaper. So, um, Jason, let's talk about a guy near and dear to my Florida State Seminoles fandom, Jameis Winston. We don't talk about quarterbacks a whole lot on the show. Maybe we should with the Superflex tournament now in full uh, full gear. But um, he's going really late in drafts right now, Winston is. And I look at this team now, I don't – to me, Michael Thomas is gravy. I'm not really counting on him to do much this year. Um, but they still have Alvin Kamara, and I know he's facing the, the felony charges, so we'll see what happens there. But high-stakes owners don't seem to be scared off him too much. Um, you have Chris Olave, who they invested a first-round pick in, one of the more pro-ready guys. And then they went out and signed Jarvis Landry as well. Jameis Winston is not a guy that's afraid to push the ball downfield. And certainly, we don't like interceptions as fantasy players. But at the same time, we love yardage. We love touchdowns. And it seems like Winston, as far as – and I'll give you the mojo on him right now as far as where he's going. 
But Jameis Winston is quarterback 20 uh, in the 16th round. Man, if you wait on quarterback to get him as your backup, um, I, I think you're doing it the right way. And quite frankly, I know there's some crazies out there, and maybe they're not so crazy. They might be waiting to the 16th round and grabbing Jameis Winston as their starter to see what happens there. Your thoughts on Winston? Why is he slipping so much, and should he be going this uh, late in drafts? I see no problem with what those guys are doing. So it, uh, it's crossed my mind, you know, as we go along here, uh, increasing my odds a little bit. You know, I, I'm considering that because he looked great before he got hit, you know, hurt last year. Yeah. Uh, and he was mobile. You know, I don't expect yeah. that much this year, obviously. Uh, he may, but you never know. Um, but they're not what they used to be. These surgeries, they're coming back quick now, guys. They really are. You know pretty fast, usually how it's going to be. And it's usually the second year still, but they physically um, look like they have it. So if you can keep a defense off balance, you know, and, and look good coming back, I, I see it happening. I, I think so. so. You, know, you know, guys, and, and, and you said something very interesting in that question there, Balky. It's 16th round. And I know mm -hmm. that that's Darren's average, but I, I you know, if you're going to make this guy your quarterback, I don't advise waiting that long. Because if he doesn't make it that long, <laughs> there's not a lot behind him that you would want to go with. He's a gunslinger. He's got a short memory, yeah. and he has some tools yeah. there. So he is. You're going to get some scoring from him. And you know, he, he did sit there and learn a little bit behind Brady uh, in Tampa before he made the move. Um, so maybe we'll see if uh, you know he, he curbs that. But whether or not he throws him, you know. As much as he does, and if he does, and it looks like he might have to, um, uh, their their defense isn't bad though, guys. They're actually probably pretty good down there too, still with that. But you know, the running game, a little a little nervous about. It. So we'll see. Um, I but, don't think it's a mistake to be in business with that player. But uh, Balky and I want to ask you about a player that I I see drafters take this player and immediately have remorse at the live <laughs> events. And they'll draft him and then they'll say, "Oh, I guess I'll have to take Chubb." That's how they draft. Him. You know, that's that's how they call his name out. And and I I wonder this year as he continues to drop in the draft, how far does he have to go down where he's actually value, where you're actually excited about drafting him? And what do you see from him this year in Cleveland? Yes, sir, because that's where he's going to be. Yep, it is going to be there with Hunt behind him. Uh, but it, it it looms on Watson a bit, too. But he has – he's consistent. It doesn't matter who's been there, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Mayfield was competent enough to keep things going, but Chubb is one of the best backs, I think, that that's out there. He just doesn't get the opportunities. They don't, I don't know what it is in Cleveland. I really don't, you know. Uh, uh, and, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Things are, are looking up maybe this year. And I, I am bullish uh, on Chubb this year. Uh, he has now uh, – Amari Cooper has joined the, the crowd there. Uh, uh, they just paid. Wow, did you see what they played in Yoku? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that case just saw that a few hours before. Million. That is a lot of change. A lot guaranteed, of change for David and Joku. Guaranteed almost thirty million. So mm -hmm. uh, they're looking to add some some toys around, and that can only help between Watson and getting a little more on the outside there. Those lanes going to be even bigger. He doesn't need a big lane. Uh, so I love him. The PPR, we'll see. You know, uh, he it's not that he's not capable. So uh, it, it's just we'll see what they do with it this year and what Deshaun does this year. 
So, but I am bullish on on Chubb at so two three. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, no and problem like, for me. He's this, he's starter. Th- this is uh, Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams going right before him. James Conner, Brees Hall, David Montgomery going after him. Uh, he's running back fourteen this year. Sometimes I think the Kareem Hunt thing might be a blessing in disguise because he is capable. Um, it keeps Nick Chubb healthier for for the whole season. Although he always seems to miss a random game or two every so often in there. Uh, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, another question from the professor in the chat room. Uh, he wants to know if a zero wide receiver is relatively valuable given how many uh, receivers are in um, drafts this year, how deep the position is. Now, the Dizzle also in the chat uh, posts in here, he said he's heard some people saying that wide receiver is not very deep uh, in the draft. Jason, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't. I know I couldn't do it. Um, in, in the FFPC, or, or quite frankly, Kentucky, I couldn't do it either. But like, if have you ever started a draft? Would you ever start a draft with, say, four running backs and a quarterback, or four running backs and a tight end, and avoid the receiver position until round six? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's still guys inside that top ten, even in the top twelve. Um, if if you're starting, if you have to start three in a, in a league like that, then maybe not, you know, that, that's different. But um, even so, there is plenty of guys out there. It's a throwing league nowadays, guys. It used to be you, get, you couldn't get enough running backs. And so you get, so the good ones do really, really go early uh, at running back. So again, it's, it's, it's what value are you giving up when you get them? But uh Valky, the professor's pretty slick to get a question there to get him ready to play in the KFFSC. I see what he's doing there. Yeah, he's no, pretty because we have to start three guy. wide receivers down down here, brother Hamilton. And Jason, I I gotta ask you something. And okay. it it's it it has to do well, I, I want to finish up one thing with Dizzle first. Uh I just concluded a football guys uh, draft, my first first one of the year. And okay. at the 20th round, there were six receivers that I still wanted to take. So yeah. I'm a little wide receiver crazy, but I, I can I can find the guys. I, I want to ask you, this is off of our chart a little bit, but I, with your success that you've had, um, you seem to me to be a guy that, that – it, it sticks to your own guns as somewhat of a contrarian drafter, does not pay attention to ADP. These questions about individual players are all good. But Balky gave your resume as we went on tonight, and I, it, it's impressive. How do other guys get there? What's, what's been your secret? See the gray hair? <laughs> no, you got a cap on. I see the gray beard. <laughs> yeah, I still got a little pepper up there, but he's just soft in the face, so. But, uh, no, uh, how do I? Again, I'm sorry for. What's your yeah? Well, I, I'm just asking you. Is, 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 Bulky has a question about a tight end. I, I know he loves asking his Green Bay, um, uh, <laughs> and we probably need to move that along. But I, this is part of the question. Uh, we're, we're he's going to ask you about a player here that's not being drafted very highly. I sometimes wonder why I haven't drafted him much at all, and and yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see what your answer on this player. Because I well, think that might answer my question. Before, okay. be, before we get into it, Jason, are are you a Packers fan? You know, I I uh, went to school quick uh, after high school out to uh, um, Ripon. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. And that's, and that's that's when the love affair with Green Bay began, huh? Uh, I was surrounded, guys, by a bunch of fibs when, <laughs> um, yeah, when the 86 Bears just rolled over the Patriots. I mean, they got a field goal, I think, in the first two minutes or something like that. And then it was all downhill. So... <laughs> And and fibs for the uninitiated, for those of us in Wisconsin. You know, you talk about coming, going to the, the northeastern part of the country during the fall. A lot of the fibs, the effing Illinois B words, which I won't say on the show, <laughs> they all come up to check all the leaves um, in, in northeast Wisconsin, in northern Wisconsin, uh, to, to see all, all the, the, you know, the color changing and everything like that. So yeah. maybe it, to avoid that this fall. I'll come pay you a visit, Jason. We'll hang out there and we'll root for the Packers. And we'll talk about the return of Bobby Tunyon to, to Green Bay. Now, he's recovering from the ACL tear. Uh, he's going in the 12th round. This is a dude who, like, finished as a top five tight end, not in 2021, but 2020. He was awesome. Granted, he did catch a lot of touchdowns. But still, 12th round in a tight end premium league like the FFPC, this is a guy you got to be all over, right? I I love him. Uh, I, I think – I don't think I've drafted yet in the teams I've uh, had this year uh, on the lead in the FFBC uh, championship. Anyway, I've had them in everyone. Um, it's kind of like running backs with me, tight ends and running backs, because they, they take the beating. They really take a beating for the skill position guys compared maybe to the wide receivers and, uh, and, and quarterbacks, obviously. So hopefully anyway. Um, so you got to, you got to platoon and Rogers, loves his guys he really does you, 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 i'm worried about watson at first but there's not too many too many guys out there it's lazard and him and cobb who we don't know what cobb's going to look like uh, he didn't do too much when he got there last year at the end of the year so um who's it going to be it's going to be tunyon they didn't draft anybody really that's going to uh, threaten him and uh, besides you know the two running backs, uh, Dylan and Jones, um, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. Emma Jones. Uh, besides those two guys, uh, you know, Tunyon's the only guy he's familiar with uh, out of them. So, uh, what is he? He exploded what two or three years? Two or three years ago, I don't know now. He's, he's been in like, that end zone. He found that end zone. One Rogers favorites, and uh, they've got enough guys. Rodgers will spread it around enough, uh, but when it comes down to crunch time, that's one of the guys that he's going to lean on. So I love him. He, he, I know he's going to be in my lineup as a flex guy, uh, but you know maybe match up here or there. It depends on you know when they do go, go down to uh, to Chicago. And hey, kudos to Chicago. Then you know it was a good time. So all you, all you, uh, I have some friends in Illinois. So, uh, but you know we love the kid. So uh, cheap heads go though. Go Packers. You've got that resume of dynasty championships. Now, as you as you come out of that and go into your redrafts, the, the rookies, that love of the rookies and the evaluation of them has to set with you. I see a lot of rookies flying uh, onto the draft boards uh, in, in the early uh, football guys championship. What – who are some that you know that uh, you're excited about that are going to stick with you throughout the drafting season all the way into August and September? Um, it's really Kenny Walker, 
you're saying rookies, right? Yep. Yes. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Walker, when you come to the wide receivers, uh, maybe Dobbs up there if uh, he catches on too with, you know, Randall Cobb, you know, help mm-hmm. him out, whatever. Uh, but, um, oh boy, there's, there's not a, maybe Dolchich. Uh, yep. Russell does throw a good deep ball, the tight end. Uh, the guy can run, uh, you know, expect it. so, uh, you know, maybe there, but this is this is a rough year as far as the wide receivers. I mean, I like Garrett Wilson, but it's crowded there. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. They got what did they add two uh tight ends besides Conklin and who was it, Howard? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I got a. Well, that's a I good mean, group. That's a good group. You mentioned Illinois. I want to ask you about one bear. Okay. Uh, Vellis Jones. What do you know about Vellis Jones? And is, is how do you, you know, it's easy to look at these receivers and say, oh, he's going with Rodgers and, and Sky Moore's going with, with, uh, Mahomes, what do you think when a young guy like Fields now gets a speed receiver uh, to bust it down the middle, run run the uh, run the post patterns? Do you believe in a guy like that, or do you just have to see it first before you're getting in business with him? No, I think you've got to take chances, and he's certainly be one. Um, you know, they took their time with Fields uh, uh, coming up, so uh, a little bit. I know there was a little turnover, so we'll see you know, how it's going there. But um, personally, I hope it doesn't <laughs> as a Packers fan. But it's for the, you know, for the league. It, it, it's been exciting. I mean, how how was the last couple of years? This throwing league, I can see why it's, it's you know, it's catching on. It, it is flashy for sure. So, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I – the, the other thing, too, and uh, Farrell, was this what, when you bring up Vilas Jones, was he one of the players that you were referring to when I was talking about Christian Watson being a little bit older coming in the NFL? Right. Because Vilas Jones is another guy that, that isn't the, the youngest cat in the world, but big opportunity in Chicago. We'll, we'll see how that happens. Vilas um, will still be playing when he's got hair like Jason and I. You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to be good. Yeah, with all the fibs cheering for him. Uh, it's old a little gray hair up in there, Vilas. Jason, I'm not betting on a lot, but the running game there. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be running a lot. So you and me both. You and me both. Um, Jason, um, you have drafted in the Football Guys Players Championship for several years. I'm curious because you already have several drafts um, under your belt already this season. For anybody who has not drafted in 2022, um, but has maybe drafted in Football Guys in previous seasons, do you see anything different this year when you've been doing the drafts? Has there been anything that stood out to you? We are kind of like, oh man, it it wasn't always like this. I'm seeing a trend this year in this direction or away from this. Has anything stood out to you this year in your drafts that maybe you hadn't seen in previous years? Um, I'm trying to think of specific uh, instances. I, I feel like I've seen a couple, you know, some more flyers than normal. I think there are some more risk taking out there because it is changing a lot. Like. Um, Kind of like the NBA, these guys are, you know, really starting to take some power uh, or feel like they are anyway, and deciding where they want to go and who they want to play with. 
Um, so you got to perform when you get there if you do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know. That's it's. It's a very astute. It's a very astute observation. Um, yeah, and uh, I like I like that very very much. I a lot of the guys that listen to the show they tell me, hey, you get these winners on there, get into their head and find us. You know, but we we want to pick up something of how we can win. And I, I think a lot of times, it, and you've you've alluded to it and, and kind of straight out and said it in plain English that you've got to take a risk. You know, that you've got to um, try to beat out thousands of players to win $500,000 in this championship. And when we get to Las Vegas, uh, $1 million in the FFPC championship, which was, was sound really good. It feels really good being that anyway. nice tag bracket. Who's going to get you there? Boomer bus picks. Let, let me tell you something I'm doing right now. I'm in the second round. I'm just uh, slow draft. I've, I'm waiting. I, I went up with, with Dalvin Cook probably a little earlier than his ADP at the number seven spot. I'm waiting for the guy in front of me because I'm up next. And Saquon Barkley's still on the board. And to me, uh, I really wasn't interested in Barkley last year. Should I be this year? Is he a boomer bust guy? You've used that phrase before. Where are the other boomer bust guys? I guess you think Chubb is one. Who are some others? Um, I'd like Barkley, but. Uh, at a better price, uh, I'm worried uh, uh, there. I, I'm definitely taking Brita if I, you know, I'm making a plan to pick up Brita behind him or uh, maybe one, you know, uh, and and some other depth as all, well, you know, with running back. So, uh, um, boy, other than at running back specifically, any so position have to be any position. You're, you're sitting there. I mean, how often, and you, you talked about being 20 players, how often are you going to look and say, I'm going to take the guy with the highest upside. I want the guy who's really uh, going to explode. Maybe it is Balky's receiver Watson there. Uh, maybe it is. Who is it? How are you going to do that? It's going to be the end probably of the uh, first half of the draft somewhere in there. Right? Ah, so, okay. um, I, you got to have a little comfort level where you're at to be able to stick it out there and, and hope for the best. And if not, it's still early enough, although, boy, running backs are flying. You know, uh, depth is, is going fast now, too. We got a lot of savvier drafters than maybe uh, uh, in the past, so uh, which is good. You know, it raises the bar. It does raise <laughs> so, the bar. Makes it yeah. more challenging, makes it more fun. Um, yeah. uh, Hudson Reeve wants to know, uh, Antonio Gibson, is he being underdrafted right now, uh, Jason? Uh, Gibson – Remember, this is a guy that was like the next Christian McCaffrey a couple of years ago, and now he is being he's, – he's fallen um, in as far as his ADP goes in the Football Guys Players Championship. He's now running back 23. He's like a borderline RB2, RB3, which is insane to think about. Fifth round, has the hate gone too far in Antonio Gibson, Jason? Is the 503 too late for Gibson to be going off the board in this tournament? Oh, I'd have to see who else I had at that point, but um... – I'm I'm not big on him. You guys were just talking about uh, um, Curtis Samuel as I was coming on there. And uh, I've been waiting for someone to wake up to what Debo is doing out there on the West Coast, waiting for someone on the East Coast to wake up to it here, you know. And last year, I think it was you, uh, Farrell, that was talking about him maybe last year. Somebody was saying, you know, waiting for it to happen. I 
I think he could surprise um, McCaffrey. So uh, I'm sorry, uh, not McCaffrey. Uh, Gibson. Gibson. Over Gibson. I'd say the fact that they draft Robinson too early and uh, McKissick is there, Patterson's there, it's crowded. Uh, and who's throwing again? Not that it mattered a lot last year, but you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, improvement this year. So, and I mean, is Samuel going to be the running back now and Gibson going to go back to wide receiver here or, or what? You know, he's a former wide receiver, right? Gibson. Stranger yep. things. So, so who knows? Uh, it is fun. You know, a lot of guys are trying some stuff out. I love Andy Reid, you know, uh, pushing it here and there and other guys. So on the defensive side, the Belichick. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's fun. To I, I like that. I like that take of it. Uh, Farrell, you have your uh, final question here for Jason. You mean we got no more emails? I have no The professor has no more queries. I love it. Well, okay. the professor's uh, probably going to come up with something before we let Jason go. You but know, and right really, now we're all caught up. Great minds are working, you know. But I'll go ahead and ask my. I'll go ahead and ask my question. That's. Uh, I get to ask this question of everybody, Jason. It's the only reason they could do the show. I want to know the guy that you cannot stand, that you do not want on your roster, that you won't draft him at any number, or even if you drafted him, you wouldn't play him. And then tell me somebody that you. You're just really high on, not you know, not a player that everyone else is high on. Get, okay. You got some people yeah. like that. I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's sad saying it from New England, but Gronk is the guy that I am not investing in at all. I don't want to get near him. Um, he's 33, I think, something like that. But that's been a hard 33, you know, in yeah. uh, football years. He did you see? I think it was that hit last year. He took uh, somewhere there mid-season or so, a little later maybe, towards the end. He was just knocked, dropped onto his back, just slammed down on his back, and he stayed down a bit. And mm -hmm. he he was drafted with back trouble. And I've got a bad back, so I know. <laughs> it can, and everything locks up. It's like I worry about Carson with the neck. You know, when your spine yeah. isn't right, when your back's not right, nothing's right. So, Interesting. so that's uh, – so um sorry guys you're you're uh, so you're out on and the other thing too is like and and all that what you said about Gronk is is not only true but we also have to figure out if he's playing this year yeah he's, he's, he's he's still hasn't signed, i know he's, but you know, he's still he's still up there people are still i'm i'm yep. seeing him in drafts you know all over yeah. and you can't say no if, if he comes back just because of his history with brady i mean it's hard not to but I'm not this year. I'm out finally this year. And it has been a great ride, Gronk. And, uh, you know, good luck in the rest. And hopefully you're you're walking around okay in another 20 years. Yeah. It's a well, I'll give you an guy. example for another guy. So you, I'm a big okay. Michael Pittman guy. I get a lot of conversation about being a Claypool guy, but I probably like Pittman just as well. And it, I drafted Pittman when he got it came out, 40 catches. I drafted him again last year, got rewarded, 80 catches. This year, I already see him going in the fourth round. Uh, is there a guy like that for you? A guy that you've been with for a couple of years that, that you want to have again? Uh, well, I have Pittman, 
And on a dynasty team or two, I've got him there as well. So he is one of those guys. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Guys that I've been sticking to for a couple of years now. Sometimes I mean, guys, that's the best way to evaluate it. You, you stick with them when they're going the other direction as well, and you might get rewarded. I, I wonder if there's a guy out there like that. I, the coach I, at the coach I, at the Colts says it's Naheem I, I already, well, but, you know, I'm, I, trying to think, I'm trying to come up with someone else because we already talked about Tanya, and he is my yeah. go-to guy because I really think the everything's been positive that I have heard. And like I say, they're back. So it may take a little longer to get going. Well, just, you know, you two Packer guys, I'll tell you to, to <laughs> just be like Aaron Rodgers. When you can't do anything else, go to Aaron, uh, go to Cobb. Yeah, that would be what you should do. So, you know, just say Cobb. You know, be good. <laughs> hey, guys with good quarterbacks, they should be fine. Yeah, there you go. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, he doesn't really have a, a great quarterback. What about a guy like TJ Hawkinson this year? Because Detroit adds DJ Chark. They trade up for Jamison Williams. They still have a pretty good pass catcher, DeAndre Swift. Are, are you on board with Hawkinson this year with Jared Goff uh, throwing to him there in Detroit? Yes, I am. Uh, more certainly than Williamson. Um, so, yes, I actually uh, have him in at least one league, I believe, this year so far. And I'd like to get him in more, but he is expensive. So. Yeah, he's not cheap. He's not no, cheap. And, but he's not just, the worst either. So. He's not, no, and like right. uh, uh, tight end six right now is where he's yep. going. Um, he's basically a couple of picks ahead of Dalton Schultz. He's um, like almost two full rounds ahead of the next guy, which is Dallas Goddard. And tight end five is George Kittle, and he's going about a round and a half earlier uh, than Hawkinson. So it's sort of like Hawkinson and, and Schultz on that same level there. Uh, maybe they could be league winners this year. I'll tell you this. I know who a league winner will be this year. It is one Jason Hamilton, who's already got eight FFPC and football guys leagues uh, titles Man. under his belt. Jason, congratulations on all your success. Good luck in uh, 2022 as you chase that $500,000 grand prize in the Football Guys Players Championship. Thanks so much for carving out some time on a holiday weekend for us. We really appreciate it. Be good, and we'll do this again soon. I enjoyed it, guys. Thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, looking forward to it. So take all care. Right. Thank you, Jason. Jason Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen, he of uh, the, the glorious portion of the of the United States known as the Northeast, which well, I may have to vacation at to avoid all the people from Illinois going forward. Now, Farrell, he is he is so cool. When the FFBC movie is made, you know, Sam Elliott will be cast to play him. He is just, <laughs> he, I just I really love his whole demeanor. We, we got to see if we can get him down here. I really like this guy. Um, yeah, Sam Elliott would probably be into fantasy football too. So we could get him out to Vegas and, uh, kind of warm up to him. Uh, you let him warm up to us. And then when the movie, the FFPC movies cast, Sam Elliott, obviously playing, uh, Jason Hamilton, no question. All right. So let's get a couple more. I, I told you the professor would have more, uh, for <laughs> tonight. Good. he does. He wants to know after CD lamb, what Cowboys receiver would you draft? If any, and this, if any is the good part. Okay. So let's talk about this here, Farrell. Um, Michael Gallup, who is coming off the injury, um, but sounds like he's progressing nicely. Wide receiver 50 at, in the 10th round. I can definitely get on board for that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, no Amari Cooper there anymore. You have James Washington, who's now been signed with Dallas. To me, he's sort of like a best ball uh, dart throw. Yeah. I'm not terribly interested in him in the 19th round. Wide receiver 95. And then they drafted the rookie. Um, and I'm blanking on the name now. Tol Tolbert? Right. Tolbert out of the South Alabama. Right. 
And so he's the other guy. He's wide receiver 68 in the 15th round. To me, he's kind of like, I mean, he's the unknown. So I, I guess I'd kind of be all right picking him in a best ball draft, but not terribly excited about it. He's not a target for me. But I think as far as uh, Cowboys receivers not named CeeDee Lamb, I'm on board with Michael Gallup in the 10th. I'm on board with Gallup as well. But um, the Tolbert is a player that has been underrated and underscouted, and he burst on the scene. Uh, he has the physical skills. He has the same things that we like about Claypool, that we like about Pittman, and he's now playing for the Dallas Cowboys. And the kid has a swagger and an attitude unlike most rookie players. Uh, he's going to show up, and, you know, he was drafted by the right team. He's a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, I think that's going to be a player that we're going to be very, very familiar with as the season moves on. Um, the other question coming in from the Dizzle in the chat room, he wants to know is now this is this is something that we probably should have talked about and we haven't, and that's my fault for yeah. not bringing this up. But he says, um, is Chris Godwin even draftable in, in redraft with no timetable for his return, which I think is pretty interesting here because Chris Godwin right now in FFPs in Football Guys Players Tantric Drafts, wide receiver 24 in the middle of the fifth round. Farrell, I can't get on board with that. This, this is Jerry Judy, Michael Thomas, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith-Schuster, Gabe Davis, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore. I, I like – I mean, I understand the upside of Godwin, but at the same time, dude doesn't have a timetable for his return. I mean, give me – not all those guys, but a bunch of those other guys after him where I can trust that these guys are going to be healthy to start the season. Maybe they don't have the upside of being the 1B or 1A receiver in the Tampa offense, but – Man, I'm staying away from Chris Godwin in the fifth. I want nothing to do with that. The the Dizzle is right on it, and especially with those players around him. Availability is the greatest ability. And if anyone who's drafting now is going to be drafting in August and probably more, we'll know more then, and Godwin will be available then. And he'll probably be devalued somewhat just because people have, have shied away from drafting him. So there will be a day that we can return to Godwin if, if – he gets any aspect of it. Hey, he's back and he's healthy and he's ready to go. Then you can green light on day all day on Godwin. He's a fantastic receiver. But yeah, Dizzle's right. Um, I'm just looking at Godwin right now because Dave uh, Dizzle says he likes him for Dynasty. He actually signed a three-year deal um, with Tampa. Three years, sixty million dollars, eighteen point seven signing bonus, um, average annual salary of twenty. Uh, $20 million, obviously. Um, so it looks like there's a potential out in 2024, but if he comes back healthy this year, 2023, he's going to be, you know, potentially in another contract year. If they, if they restructure that or extend him again, or if he wants to, if Tampa wants to get out of that deal, um, that, that somebody will pay him and utilize him a lot in his, in his deal. But as far as like Dizzle says this year, I'm out on him. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I can't take Chris Godwin in the fifth round. Let's get to a couple of emails before we sign off tonight, and we'll kick things off in Dunwoody, Georgia. That's where Greg lives, and he wants to know, what's up, fellas? Is the Ravens' backfield one to avoid now that Mike Davis has entered the fray, too? Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, Greg. Um, that is Greg in Dunwoody, Georgia. This is a mess, and, and I was talking with – not to make this the Dizzle show, but I was talking with him about this a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, you know, they add Mike Davis, and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are both coming back from injury. He thinks this is a sign, and I hard to disagree with him, that, that both these guys are not healthy or at least not as healthy as the Ravens want them to be. 
And then what did they do um, in the draft? Well, they get in Tyler Farrell, help me, Batty or Batty? You always get it right. Batty. Batty. I always get it wrong. Tyler Batty, the rookie, is on this team. Justice Hill doesn't really concern me anymore. But this is a cavalcade, a cornucopia of, (laughs) of players that I don't know what to make heads or tails of. And for me, then the easiest thing to say is, well, okay, who's drafted first? I'm right out on him. So I'm not taking Dobbins and redraft this year. Edwards and Mike Davis are guys I don't get excited about. Uh, Batty, to me, is a guy that is not – like he's unproven and he's so buried on the depth chart. I think the Baltimore backfield in general for me is kind of a hard pass unless I go with like, you know, Edwards or, or Mike Davis super late. Run, Forrest, run. Get away. Get away. You know, yeah, there's, there's too many other things to get involved with here. And then I will point out that uh, a lot of uh, – there's many vets that are not in camp right now, but when your quarterback's not in camp, especially when uh, your top receiver has left and you're trying to develop a second receiver or a second-year receiver as your number one guy in Bateman, uh, it shows a little bit of, about – commitment as to where the team is going. I, I think things could be coming a little bit unraveled uh, there. So this is a franchise that that I might want to look the way uh, the other way on, uh, even at the tight end position. He might be a little too expensive now with what I see going on um, at the complex there in Maryland. Things may change, and I'll change along with them, but I don't like what I'm seeing at Baltimore right now at any position. Farrell, final email tonight, and I believe it's one we answered pre-NFL draft, but we'll, we'll take it again. John in Columbus, Ohio, has a question about Cole Komet. Uh, he mm-hmm. says, do you guys think that Cole Komet should be going a lot higher than he is right now in FFPC drafts? Happy drafting season. That is John in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, so here's what I want to bring up to, to kind of preface this before we answer this question. Last year with the Bears, Cole Komet, 60 catches, 612 yards. No touchdowns. We were talking about Bobby Tunyon's big year in 2020, where I think, and I don't quote me on this, but I believe he was tight end three in FFPC scoring. 56 catches for like 562 yards, I think, and 11 touchdowns. So obviously touchdowns were the biggest thing there. You take touchdowns away, Cole Komet had a better season than Bobby Tunyon, right? And I know I'm I'm crafting these stats to fit my narrative, and that's okay because, well, <laughs> this is mine and Farrell's show, and I'm going to do that. So Cole Komet this year, tight end 14 at the 10.08 in tight end premium. He's going after Mike Gesicki. He's going after Rob Gronkowski, who we don't even know if he's playing this year. After the two-year, um, uh, the sophomore and, and Pat Fryermuth, after Dawson Knox, who has more competition um, for targets in that offense now. Zach Ertz, who is getting older and older. I mean, and I think you're going to side with me on this, and I think that that you said you were a big fan of Cole, Cole Komet earlier this season. I'll see if it's changed now. But 10-08, tight end 14, this guy's got to go higher than where he is right now. Uh, perhaps he will. There's just something about uh, the way he relates to this quarterback that does not work for me. So I don't know if, if I can identify – double-digit drafted tight ends that I can get cheaper behind him. If I have commit, I want to have two more, and I want to believe in those two guys as well. Um, and and I'm going – there's a lot of things that would depend on me starting this player because some of those other guys have a great deal of upside. And, and commit, um, he, he, not only did he not score touchdowns, 
he struggled in the red zone, which is odd. He struggles to get any sort of uh, separation that might be due to the to the passing game and the other people that are on the field with him. But uh, he shouldn't. Yeah, you know. You think of guys that were low volume producers, but were standouts in the red zones as as, as tight ends. Uh, uh, the, the Rudolph at Minnesota, he was a guy that would always get open. Uh, the, 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 and it, this guy just does not seem to get open, and this offense just does not seem to direct to the tight ends. So until I see that, I, I like the other guys a little better that you're mentioning. So is tight end fourteen appropriate for him then? Or is it too high? I think so. And I, it's got to be appropriate. And then I've got to have two guys that I really almost like as much that I can steal later on. And, you know, there might be Everett. Uh, might be a, a, a Dulich. It, it might be someone that I think I can get later on, maybe in Joku, because if they're going to pay him like this, they've got to have some <laughs> big plans for him. And we didn't talk about Njoku at all because – and by the way – he is now, the, I believe, the fifth highest paid tight end in the league. I'm going to repeat that. David Njoku is now the fifth highest paid tight end in the NFL. David Njoku, who, by the way, football guys drafters are taking him right now. i got to scroll way far down on this. <laughs> yeah, tight you end, do. Tight end 21 at the 1302. Bobby Tunyon going ahead of him. Tyler Higby, who had offseason knee surgery, is going ahead of him. Hunter Henry. Noah Fant, Irv Smith, Irv Smith, by the way, I Irv guess he's Smith. looking good now, but he had the, he had that, he was coming off a pretty serious injury. Albert Okuwepanam is going ahead of him. And then the aforementioned Cole Komet is, is also going ahead of uh, David and Joku, but it'll be interesting um, to see what happens. Memorial day drafting in the FFPC and the KFFSC Memorial day weekend drafting. What happens? How did, Drafters treat David and Joku after signing this big deal. Money talks. Yes, will sir. Also, does. Will also happen in drafts. Will they also? I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Um, Farrell, this was so much fun. Let's do it again. I believe. Yeah, next Friday we will do this again at ten nine central. Plenty more. There's going to be a ton more that happens. We're going to have OTAs to discuss. We're going to have mini camps coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're in the thick of it. It's exciting to talk fantasy football with you. I certainly appreciate it. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, sir. You too, Balky. See you soon. Appreciate it, man. Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner. You can check out uh, the KFFSC at kffsc.com. Don't forget the run to daylight filling up there. we got seven open spots uh, on Sunday night if you want to draft in that. Uh, only two leagues after that, so make sure you're getting in now. Draftmasters, the main event obviously going on right now, so make sure you're registering to either draft online draft in Cincinnati or draft live in Louisville. That is going to be a fun time. I'll see you in Louisville if you're down there. Thanks to Jason Hamilton. Thanks to Farrell Elliott. Thanks to the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you, as I mentioned with uh, Farrell, we are back at 10, nine central last uh, this coming Friday. Um, you can win a million bucks in the 2022 FFPC main event. Don't forget if you want to save on your teams, register by Tuesday at midnight Pacific time. You can save a hundred dollars off your first team, $500 off each additional team. And don't forget the prices for those main event teams go up June 1st. Don't just get your first team in. Get all your teams in before then so you can save the most possible. Uh, remember, each entry that you uh, pick up will represent an entry in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's drawing, which we'll be conducting probably in the next week and a half, two weeks or so. Um, and then hopefully you get selected in that. Go against the best in the industry, the best the FFPC has to offer, and you'll all be competing for uh, seven 
FFPC main event entries for 2023. That's going to be exciting. We'll broadcast all those drafts right here on this show. Football Guys Early Bird promo live as well. If you want to get a free $35 team credit, make sure you're registering for the Football Guys Players Championship. And as Hudson Kern Reed pointed out to me, who he has registered in the FFPC Midnight Draft tonight, along with John Terry, who had two top 10 FPC teams last year, we are at uh, five teams left in that. That draft starts in 45 minutes. Yours truly will be officiating, so make sure you're popping in on that. I'd love to see you in there. Maybe we'll talk about the draft next week on this show. Um, so make sure you're signing up for that and taking a shot at $500,000. Uh, of course, the best ball tournament, double pri- uh, grand prize is doubled. The prize pool is doubled. Make sure uh, you're getting in on that. 125 bucks could get you 200 grand. The Superflex Best Ball Tournament, you can take $35, maybe turn that into $10,000. That's at myffpc.com. Dynasty Startups are available as well. Plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go best ball options, all at myffpc.com. And I already mentioned the Run to Daylight Championship, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event, and, of course, the KFFSC Draftmasters, all at kffsc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for our show tonight. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on holiday weekend. We really appreciate it. Your Memorial Day weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Um, I just want to leave you with this this week. I know I mentioned the A.J. Dillon thing um, earlier in the show, um, but I also today on my local radio show, I got a chance to talk to Alex Green, a guy that many of you dynasty players might remember. He was a third-round pick for the Packers in 2011 uh, when they were the defending Super Bowl champions. He's a running back out of Hawaii. And basically uh, the reason we had him on is uh, in November of this past year, um, after he got out of football, Um, He got into um, alcohol and drugs pretty bad, um, hit rock bottom uh, in November and sent a text message to um, a phone number he got from the NFLPA um, for, you know, players to call text when they're having these issues with depression, which he was battling, uh, addiction, what have you. And uh, he, he told me today he didn't care what would happen to him. He didn't care how drunk he got, how high he got. He didn't care what was going to happen to him. He didn't care if he ever woke up again. But he sent a text to this number um, just to lie to himself to basically say, well, I I, I did what I could. I, I asked for help and nobody answered. He thought this was a uh, landline, just a toll-free number. So that's why he was doing it. Um, he got a phone call from um, a woman there um, with the trust, which is the organization that the NFLPA had in place. Um, and her name, if I can find it here, uh, Lachey Davis Williams had a two-year-old crying two-year-old son. Um, but she listened to him talk, cry about his life, what had happened to him, the bad place that he was in and how he needed help, uh, at one in the morning for an hour and a half. Um, and, and basically told him that, that she could help him. Um, he said that, or she said, we can get you to rehab facility, um, in Jacksonville, Florida in two days, but you got to get on a plane now. And he said, okay. Um, and this was the only reason he texted this number was because he thought he wouldn't get a call back. He wouldn't get a text back. 
Um, he was lying to himself, basically thinking that, well, I did all I could when in reality he couldn't. Uh, fast forward now, this was in November of 2021. Fast forward now to May 27th of 2022. He's seven months sober and he's he's basically, you know, doing speaking, um, uh, going around the country and speaking to young kids or people who need to hear it, people who, you know, are embarrassed about needing help for mental health or embarrassed about, you know, telling their problems to somebody else saying that it's okay. And we're all dealing with something. And, you know, if, if I can help you, uh, then, then this is a win for all of us. He might get back into pro football. Maybe he'll get into coaching. He doesn't know yet, but it was a really inspiring conversation. And given that this is the last show we do in May, which is national mental health awareness month, I think it's important to bring that up. Shout out to all the veterans, everybody who served, everybody who's given everything on this Memorial Day weekend. We appreciate it. Make sure you shake a veteran's hand or tell a veteran's family how much you appreciate what they did for this country. But also remember that we're all struggling with something out there. We all have our issues and um, that that if you are one of those people to reach out, it's not too late. Don't lie to yourself like Alex Green did and, and send out a fake text, a real text to a, a number he thought nobody ever would get back to. Just say, tell somebody, um, you know, that, that you do need help and it's okay because we're all struggling with something. That's, I'll get off my soapbox tonight. That's it for the show. Thank you so much. Good mental health. Good Memorial Day weekend to you. We'll do this again next Friday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.